Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. Hello and welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates. Today I'm sitting down with Marco Romero. Marco, how are you doing? I am doing excellent. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us and taking the time to share your story. Uh, why don't you take a second to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do in real estate investing. Excellent. Well, I'm quite pleased to be here. Thank you again for having me. Again, my name is Marco Romero. And uh, I'm in the real estate realm. My wife and I, we are real estate investors. Um, we purchase cash flowing properties using private money. Uh, right now we have a portfolio of 20 properties. Uh, we do that together. And additionally, we, uh, the name of that company is Bella Buyers. Uh, but additionally, we have another company that strictly focuses on wholesaling. And that company is Hilco Homes. In Hilco Homes, we have a team. There's about nine of us now. And uh, we're always looking to wholesale deals every single month. We are focused in um, the central Texas area, mainly San Antonio, but we do do deals in other markets as well. So that's what we do. Fantastic, man. So how did you get your start in real estate investing? Uh, well, it really, to be quite honest, it all started when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, which is a pretty uh, common story, I think, for a lot of right. people. Um, but that book was very influential to me. I read it in high school. So when I read it in high school, it was just a, a clear paradigm shift in the way to not only think of money and finances, but even more so how to think of my future. And in that high school time frame, you know, a very common thought process and um, just belief is go to school, get good grades, go to college, get even better grades. You know, you're doing this so that you can then win a well-paying job, work at that job for 30 years until you retire. And uh, I was on that track, um, unbeknownst to me. Well, I mean, I didn't know that, but I didn't really give it critical thought that there were other uh, opportunities and other routes to take. And so by reading that book, it kind of opened up my eyes of the possibility of not only being a real estate investor, but also being a businessman uh, altogether. And um, from after reading that book, I really just decided that that was the route I wanted to go. So you never went to college? Well, I did go to college. Okay. So when I went, when I was in high school, I was like, I did extremely well. I, I performed well in that arena. Um, just my brain works that way. I could do well in tests and take lecture and that kind of thing. And, and I got like a full ride to um, a college here, university near San Antonio. And so I was uh, very pressured into doing that. So I did. Um, but... Uh, as time progressed, you know, these thoughts that uh, in initiated from that book just kind of were germinating and growing, and eventually I quit college. Even though I had enough, I was in college for like, I was doing really well in school. I was like two and a half years in, but I was basically a senior, and um, but I still decided to quit and to the disappointment of my parents, but I knew that I wanted to a, a different direction for my life, so I decided to quit. And, and try and figure this out. So when you quit college, is that when you started Hilco Homes, or, or what, where did you go from there? No, it, that would have been, I'd be way further if that were the case. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, no, there was a lot of learning. I knew uh, when I quit college, the first thing I needed to, well, one of the concepts in the book that's not really talked about very much or highlighted in, uh, in comparison to some of the other concepts, uh, but was really important to me was that the fact that don't get a job for money, but you know, get a job based on the skill sets that you want to acquire. And I knew if I wanted to be a real estate investor and a businessman, um, fundamentally the number one thing that any business thrives on is being able to sell. And I, uh, naturally at my core, and especially then, uh, was a very introverted person. I'm still introverted, even though I have a lot of people fooled now. My comfortable uh, spot was just in front of the computer all day long, you know, just looking on the internet or spreadsheets or data or whatever, uh, rather than talking to, to people uh, person to person. So I, I knew that my number one thing I needed to work on was sales. So I got a sales job. Uh, very first thing, I ended up working for a company called Cutco, where you sell knives. Okay. And um, so I basically talked to my friends and family in any context I could and set up appointments and sold them knives, uh, quality knives, great knives. But it was a great learning experience on how to sell, how to set up uh, a pitch, how to close people and how to present yourself, that kind of thing. From there, I, I realized that I was very weak on the phone. Like I was great if I was in front of people and I could talk to them, but on the phone, like selling over the phone or even um, setting up appointments over the phone, I, I was really weak on. So then I got a job uh, at a company where I uh, took catalog orders over the phone and then we did a third party sale at the end and I did really well at that but then I realized I basically didn't enjoy being on the f on the phone uh, telemarketer style in a sense for eight hours all day every day so right. uh, I uh, transition from there into the service industry uh, restaurants I ended up working at a pretty well-known restaurant here in San Antonio, Papado. I was a server, ended up becoming a, a bartender and a manager there. Well, all the while, while I was doing this, I basically was reading as many books as I could. I devoured all the Robert Kiyosaki's um, content and stuff uh, that he was putting out. Additionally, I was going to a number of different seminars. I went to uh, Trump seminars. I was going to all kinds of real estate seminars, anything I could, could go to. Right. And um, eventually, I ended up going to a Lifestyles Unlimited seminar. There you go. And uh, my mom actually knew at this point, you know, years had gone by. And so at this point, she was more um, willing to kind of help me with my dreams. Uh, you know, the, the wound of me quitting college uh, had healed a little bit at this point. But I went to Lifestyles Unlimited and I just saw that, wow, there was really great value there. And they were really teaching actual concepts rather than just like theories or setting up a sales pitch. And so I became a member over there. And from becoming a member there, I was, I was like 22-ish at the time. I, was, I had nothing else to do. I quit my job at Papado and said, I'm gonna become a full-time investor. Um, and I got my membership there and I just thought it would be like, you know, I didn't know what it would be like, but I figured I could figure it out. Right. So I had all this time on my hands and basically I was really annoying to the office. I was there all the time, sending them emails all the time. I was just very active going to all their events. Eventually so much so that they said, hey, you know what, uh, why don't you join our team and become an agent here in the office where you find investment deals for uh, our clients. And so um, I ended up joining them as an agent 
there at Lifestyles, and that's kind of where I got started in the real estate re real estate realm. <clears throat> so I will say you're definitely not the first guest who has brought up Rich Dad Poor Dad. Uh, it's fundamental. Huge, huge influence on their life, but I think you are the first person that said that led them to become a knife salesperson. <laughs> uh, I think you're the first one of that. So, so you joined Lifestyles Unlimited. You became an agent for them. Let's talk about that experience and then how did that translate to you eventually starting your own business? Okay, so um, me working at Lifestyles I thought was a grand opportunity because ultimately I wanted to become an investor, I wanted to become a businessman and I wanted to do real estate investing. And so um, by being an agent, I, I knew I wasn't really financially capable to acquire my own properties but by being an agent and finding deals for other investors it was a huge experience to leverage mm -hmm. I got to see how other investors <clears throat> viewed uh, the properties how they dealt with dealt with you know fires or problems that came up I learned how to negotiate I learned how to draft contracts I learned how to assess investment deals how to ensure closing, how to look at it from a flip perspective, a rental perspective, uh, even an owner finance exit. I learned a lot from that. So it was a huge leverage opportunity. Uh, well, from there, I eventually decided to go out on my own and um, I became a wholesaler and I started wholesaling because um, with at the time as an agent, your income is really um, capped, not in the sense of volume. If I had done more volume, you know, obviously you can make more sales, but you can only make so much on a particular deal, 3%. Right. And, um, you know, if you're buying investment deals, the goal is to get it as low as possible. So that percentage, you know, is obviously as right. also goes with that. So becoming a wholesaler really uh, became an opportunity to increase my income and move me in the direction of putting money in the bank. Because, you know, I was... I was young. I didn't have much money. Actually, and during this process, I failed to mention this. Uh, before Lifestyles, I, I joined up with a guy that was supposed to kind of mentor me, and I paid the guy ten grand um, to teach me. And then he ended up moving to a different market, a different city, very shortly after that, like a month, a little over a month after that. So I really didn't have much money. Right. So wholesaling was a, an opportunity to kind of bolster my bank account and, and, and kind of go out on my own and, and um, not necessarily have a camp and ha have more control over my future. Well, um, from wholesaling, I did a lot of deals and I ended up selling uh, a lot of my deals to a particular company uh, that was based here in San Antonio, <clears throat> who was actually at the time the largest investment, like single family investment buyer in the central Texas region. Um, they were closing more than 10 deals a month consistently, um, sometimes close to 20 deals a month. And um, I was selling a lot of deals to them. Uh, so much so that eventually, over a few months, eventually they asked me to join their team and run their acquisition team. Um, so I decided to do that and I ran their acquisition team for almost two years. We had a upwards of nine people and uh, closed over 125 deals in my last last uh, year there and uh, really helped um, bring in a lot of deals for them. Um, but yeah, then after that, I ended up quitting. Now, the story with that, I'll just quickly jump into it. it is, <laughs> yeah. I, I met my wife during this process. Okay. 
and um, you know she was a perfect partner for me. Um, you know she really um, where my weaknesses are. She she has those strengths, and uh, she saw the vision for where I wanted to go, and she wanted to build it with me rather than deter me or you know go in a different direction. And it, it was definitely the epitome of teamwork. Well, while I was working at that company, we decided to get married. And uh, when we got married, after that obviously leads to the honeymoon, uh, we went to the Bahamas and we had planned for her to quit her job. And I was just going to support us from um, my position there at that company. But while we were on the honeymoon, a little bit before that we found out we were also, or she was pregnant, so we had a baby on the way. So during the honeymoon there was a lot of reflection. Hey, I just got married, we have a baby on the way. And, um, you know, I was doing a lot of introspection and reflection. Actually, I was reading the four-hour work week at the time. And I just realized that if I wanted to um, build something for my family, I needed to build something that I had full kind of control over and that um, I could control not only my income but the direction we were going rather than working at the position I was at. And so I decided to quit my job too. So we got married. We had a kid on the way. We both quit our jobs. And then January 2015 was our start date. And that's when we officially started acquiring our own investment properties through Bella Buyers. And then we officially started Hilco Homes, our wholesaling company. So that's everything in a nutshell. That's awesome. So um, I love hearing that it was January 2015 because that's also when um, I created... Uh, titanium investments and became a full-time real estate investor myself. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. We, so we, we were in the same brain, uh, brain wavelength and didn't right. know it. And uh, the funny thing about it is, is kind of similar parts of our story. I had become an entrepreneur back in 2012, um, three months before my son was born. So my first child was born in 2012 and uh, that's when I had created my first business. And, uh, wow. and then in 2015 is when I became a real estate investor and, and we also started off with wholesaling. So uh, similar paths there. So uh, that's once awesome. you started your own business and, and you wanted to start acquiring rentals and wholesaling, um, for the people that are not currently in this business but are on the edge of, you know, I want to get in this business, what advice would you give, you know, the, the Marco from January, 2015, what would you tell him that changed compared to what you did? Well, um, the January, 2015 timeframe was kind of a unique scenario for me because, um, you know, I made that decision, um, when we were out in the Bahamas, right. And that was like right around November timeframe. We took the holidays and then we said, Hey, we're going all for it in January. Right. Well, up, up until that Bahamas trip, like obviously there was a lot of history. I was involved in the real estate realm, like I had mentioned, not only doing deals as an agent, but also wholesaling. So I had been around um, in the real, real estate investment community for quite some time. However, I had never really acquired my own investments. I had kind of partnered in a couple scenarios, but I never acquired any properties of my own. And what I realized was that a lot of it was due to the mental blocks that I had in place that I didn't even realize that were there. I would talk myself out of um, pursuing the actions to acquire my own investments. Like, hey, 
I wouldn't be able to get a loan, or I, you know, might mess up in this arena, or, um, you know, which deal to go after. Um, there was a lot of, like, mental hurdles that were there that I just kind of uh, built up. Plus, there's the, that comfort zone of getting used to what you always were doing. Hey, I was good at being an agent for other investors. Hey, I was good at being a wholesaler, finding deals for other investors. Um, but there's something about, and you mentioned it too for you, you know, having, starting a family where it was no longer just me, it, it was also my wife and I, but also we had a future child who ended up being our daughter. Um, by, you know, really reflecting on that and taking into perspective of like, hey, it's not just me, I want to build something of impact uh, for the future and really taking some time to have that introspective introspective uh, conversation and, and the reflection to get realignment is really important. Um, but if it was a brand, brand new person um, going into an arena where you're surrounded by others that have done it, which is kind of what I did by going into lifestyles, just kind of catapulted me in my knowledge base and allowed me to learn and integrate and meet some awesome people. There were some investors that were my clients during my lifestyles agent days that eventually became my private lenders when we decided to acquire some rentals. Yeah. So there was also just some wonderful networking opportunities. So surrounding yourself um, in, in those type of communities, trying to find a mentor or somebody that you can rely on, or at least be part of a group, a mastermind, a you know real estate association of some sort, being integrated is what will really start uh, giving you momentum and, and shorten the time frame to acquire uh, deals, but also accomplish your goals. It's amazing what happens when you tell people what it is you do, you put it out there on social media, you go to networking events, and you pick the phone up and you call people and you ask questions and you bring value to them. I mean, that's pretty much what I credit our success for is that we've always done that. And just like you said, some of our clients ended up becoming private money lenders. They ended up becoming partners. We've JV'd on fix and flips, uh, rental portfolios, and co-wholesale deals. Um, it's amazing what happens in this business um, when you do things the right way and you just put yourself out there and, and open up those opportunities to, to work with other people. Totally. And just to kind of expand upon that, too, for me during that transition, you know, officially 2015, a big part of it for me as well was changing the conversations that I was having. And what I mean by that is, like if I were going to networking events or if I was talking to another investor, previous to that 2015 decision, my conversations were always like, okay, hey, I found this investment deal. Let me try and, you know, sell this deal to you if you're an investor as as a wholesaler or as an agent or whatever those were always the conversations or how can i find you a deal those type of things well with the realignment of what my goals were and what i was trying to accomplish where i wanted to acquire my own deals um, my conversations changed to hey have you ever would you ever consider partnering on a deal or would you ever consider private lending on a deal or if i found a deal with the right numbers. Uh, would you be interested in looking at uh, looking at it with me and, and bringing in the finances? So my conversations change. If I changing my conversations, this is in, a, in alignment with the the mental blocks I had. By changing my conversations, I produce different results, and ultimately the results that I I wanted in the long term. 
Right. It, it, it kind of goes back to that whole don't sell scared. It's the same thing as a wholesaler. When you go to a networking event, if all you're ever talking about is the next great deal that you have or you're trying to sell that deal, it really kind of just falls on deaf ears because that's not necessarily what a cash buyer wants or a potential private money lender. You are more approaching them as, hey, maybe there's opportunities for us to do bigger and better things and, and compared to just, hey, will you please buy this deal from me? Totally. And, uh, and I, I see that all the time. I mean, it's funny. You'll see people start showing up at networking events and they're brand new and they're either trying to sell their first deal or they're there to, to gather as much information. And then over the course of time, you'll see them evolve as a person and as a business person. And that's when you start seeing the success happen. They got to pay totally. attention to the people that are at those events. And the next thing you know, they start acting like them. And then the next thing you know, they're posting on Facebook. Hey, I just, you know, bought my first rental or I just flipped my first house or I just sold my 10th wholesale deal. And it's like, yeah, it's amazing how that kind of correlates. <laughs> totally. To totally. So let's, let's dive more into your business specifically. I, I get asked all the time about, you know, how do you find deals? What kind of marketing do you use? What What's a good tip that you could give to someone that wants to become a wholesaler to go out and find these great deals that you're wholesaling? Well, if you're brand new to wholesaling, you've never done it before, and you're trying to do your deals, uh, what I always try and tell people is uh, try and work with other wholesalers. You know, when you're brand new to wholesaling, it's difficult in the sense that there's a huge learning curve. you got to figure out how to find the deal, how to negotiate the deal, the right numbers, get the contract, make sure you have the contract filled out. Then you got to go find the buyer, you know, market the deal, have the investor that's going to buy it, make sure those numbers are right, get those documents right. Then you also have the title side and make sure, you know, the airships are correct and everything else that can go on there. So, there's a lot to, to, to learn, a lot to do. It doesn't mean you can't do it for sure. There's plenty of people that prove all day, every day that they can do deals. But if you're first starting out, cut, cut that equation in half. So maybe you just want to focus on buying or uh, finding a seller. Just focus on the, the seller side and, and finding properties and getting the properties at the right price point. And then communicate with a bunch of different wholesalers once you get that contract and they can help you find a buyer. So that way you only have to focus on half of the equation that frees up your time and you can go look for the next deal. Or you can do it the opposite way where maybe you have a few right. investor buyers and then you go reach out to a few other wholesalers and they might have deals in that area or close to those numbers. Um, that's, that's a great way to start. But a step beyond that, if you're doing it all yourself, what I try and tell people from a lead generation source is uh, focus on one or two Three's kind of pushing it and try and become a master at the that one or two lead generation sources. So if you're if you decide that you want to do bandit signs, get good at being uh, putting out bandit signs and being consistent and making sure you're hitting strong numbers. You know, if you can put out a hundred a week, hundred bandit signs a week, if you keep that up consistently over a course of a few months, you will definitely be getting some deals. Um, I think a big mistake that a lot of people make is, especially when they're first starting out, it's kind of that shiny rock syndrome and they're like, all right, I'm going to do bandit signs for a week. Okay, now I'm going to try and handwrite some letters. Okay, now I'm going to do driving for dollars and, and then after that I'm going to do some skip tracing. Okay, now I'm going to really focus on networking events. And um, they lose out on not only the, the consistency component, which to have any success you need consistency, but they also lose out on the mastery component as well 
where they're not as proficient and they don't uh, do as well or they're not as effective because they spread out their expertise over the course of several different arenas. Absolutely. I mean, I was just at a, a meetup um, earlier this week and there was gentlemen doing, they, they've both been guests on the podcast, but one particularly, he, he's in Dallas. All he does is bandit signs. The other one, all he does is cold calling. Their business has similar results, but two different forms of marketing. But yep. the deal about it is, is they've mastered both forms of marketing and they're not going to try to one day flip flop and say, okay, I'm not going to cold call anymore. I'm just going to do bandit signs or vice versa. Yep. And that's what's, you know, kind of created that success for their business. Well, so, I, I think a lot of people when they're first starting out, <clears throat> like a common question I get all the time is like, what? what lead generation do you go after or what marketing do you do? And um, what they're really trying to ask with that question is, what's the best marketing? Right. What, what is the best one, the secret one, the, the secret to my problems? If I just do this, it'll, it'll be that. And the answer is all of them. They all work, clearly. If you just right. ask any investor, they all work. So it, it's not necessarily the lead generation. It's more of the execution. And so if you're, like your examples of these two gentlemen, if you're the bandit sign person, the guy or gal that always puts out bandit signs, you will eventually get deals. Uh, but you'll, you have to be consistent in that and you have to be proficient at, at, at staying on track. So that's what I try and tell people, pick whatever you're going to pick, but stick with it and, and try and learn it in all capacity. Another thing I want to go back and touch just to make sure that everybody understands when you were talking about JVing with another wholesaler, for example, if you go out and you acquire a property and you have a property under contract and you need a, a buyer, a cash buyer, and he's, you know, Marco's saying go out and, and, you know, contact more experienced wholesalers that might have a buyer for that property. The one thing that you don't want to do is contact five wholesalers, send them the property and kind of give all five of them the opportunity to market that property. Um, because what you're going to end up being is the guy whose property is all over the place at different price points, and it, it's going to kind of create a daisy chain of sorts with other wholesalers. So I always advise newer wholesalers, if you want to JV with somebody, pick someone experienced that you know can move the property, create a JV agreement with them, and give that wholesaler an opportunity to sell it compared to giving multiple wholesalers a, an opportunity to sell it. Wouldn't you agree with that, Marco? Oh, totally. And uh, by the way, just like quick FYI, that's a quick and easy way to get some mentorship as well. Yes. If you if you can get a contract or you have a really strong lead, believe me, if you are in contact with the right wholesaler uh, that's experienced and trustworthy and ethical, um, they're going to guide you through the process because it's a win-win. If they can bring a buyer to you, then everybody can profit and they're going to ensure the success of that deal, which then in, in, encapsulates your success, which is a great opportunity for you to learn how to do the documents, how to do the title, how to get to closing. It's like a two to three week free mentorship prop, uh, like with an experienced wholesaler. Cause I, I do that all the time and I become an open book with that person because you just brought me an opportunity for revenue in my business that otherwise I wouldn't have had. It's not, I didn't do any marketing to get this deal. You're bringing it to me for free. And so you're absolutely right. And then the other thing that you get out of it is, is you get all of that experience, uh, wholesalers contacts. There's been numerous times where I'm like, okay, you're going to use this title company. 
why am I going to use that title company? And then I give them the five minute spiel as to why that title company that I use is the best title company. Yep. Suddenly that's now their title company. You know, I mean, that's like invaluable to your business. So that's absolutely a great strategy when you're first getting started. And it's definitely something that I did in my business. It sounds like you did it as well. I still do it. We still do it. Right. Why wouldn't you, you know, exactly. I mean, you're, you're doing half the work. Yep. Like you said, I mean, Sure, you're only going to take half the profit most of the time. I mean, majority of the time, you know, on a co-wholesale, it's 50-50 split. Um, you're doing half the work. So it, it should not – it almost allows you to stay laser focused on whatever you're good at in your business. Yep. Because you're right. Wholesaling is hard. I mean, you have to find the property and then sell the property. There's a lot of nurturing that goes with acquisitions and dispositions. And so if you can really laser focus on one of those – and find someone to help your business on the other side that maybe you're not so good at. Um, it's kind of like you said, when you when you left college, you kind of focused on certain parts of your life that you didn't feel like you were good at, but you knew you needed to gain experience at as far as sales and as far as selling on the phone. Yep. Um, you can do the same thing. Take those baby steps within your wholesaling business. Totally. I 100% recommend that. I tell people that all the time. And even to this day, we still encourage it. We do deals um, with with people all the time that are just getting started. Right. So let's talk about your rental properties. You said you own 20 of those, and you bought all of those with private money, yep. um, which is awesome. So uh, I kind of want to combine this question because I think you've kind of already answered this, but I think it's very important for people to understand what your why is. And I think the rental properties kind of builds into what your why is in your life. So let's talk about those kind of combined. It's really simple. It's, it's freedom and, and control of my life. You know, most people are shackled due to money. And um, as soon as you solve your money problem, then uh, in a lot of ways, life kind of opens up. And um, I, I realized that when I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So I realized that passive income was the only way to truly uh, set myself free from a financial standpoint, which gives me more power over my life. You know, the reason people are stuck in jobs and have, have you know, lives that they're not happy with is because of the necessity of money. you got to sustain yourself. And so for me... Um, you know, financial freedom has always been the goal. I want to be able to uh, have control over our finances, but also our time. Time is a valuable resource. And I want to be able to experience life fully, completely with uh, the family that uh, we have and that is growing. And, and so that's why we do it. Um, the number that I'm shooting towards for financial freedom is... Um, just under $13,000 a month, which is $155,000 a year passively. Um, that's, that's my main goal. I'm sure in life we'll shoot way past that, but that's the, that's the main goal that we're shooting for right now. And um, that would be a very, very comfortable life, and that's what we're working towards. So you might have already answered this next question with how you just wrapped that one up, but where do you want to be? in your career in the next five years? We'll definitely accomplish that one for sure, so, right. sooner than five. Um, but ultimately where I want to be is um, I want to be wholesaling apartment complexes. Um, we, don't, we mainly focus on single family. And I want to own apartment complexes. Um, that's kind of the main arena in which we want to go into. Um, it's a, just a bigger number, so bigger paydays, and that's kind of where we're looking at. And then, you know, from there, 
the opportunity to start other businesses are always intriguing to me, um, but it's kind of a one step at a time component. There you go. Well, regarding your wanting to wholesale and also own apartment complexes, I will give a shout out to uh, two former guests on the Titanium Vault, and that's Tim Bratz and Corey Peterson. Um, both of them have become friends and mentors to me in my path down also wanting to do the same thing in multifamily and commercial. Um, so if you haven't reached out to them or if you haven't listened to their interviews uh, here on the Titanium Vault, definitely check them out. Both of those guys are great guys in the multifamily realm. Uh, Marco, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to sit down with us today and, and share your story, man. Um, I, I love hearing stories uh, that kind of coincide with my own. Uh, that's that's awesome that we both got started at the same time in January 2015, and it looks like we're on on similar paths and have similar goals. Um, so it, it's a uh, it's great to have you sit down and, and share your story with us. Well, it's definitely been my pleasure. Thank you for taking the time, and it does seem uh, like we are in alignment. So that's really cool in itself. I'll have to definitely check out those past episodes. Uh, yeah. And, but all the people listening, I appreciate you listening. You're more than welcome to reach out to me. But, you know, if you're really trying, if you're on the cusp of trying to accomplish your goals, that was one of the best decisions I ever made. You can accomplish it. Uh, you're fully capable. And I just want to give that last bit of uh, advice, last push. If, if you can make it happen, you will make it happen. So uh, thank you and for having me. Yeah, and I'll wrap up this interview by saying Marco says that he's an introvert. But if you follow him on Facebook, uh, he definitely does not. Uh, come across as an introvert he's always putting out great content on facebook interviews and uh and going to networking events and things along those lines he goes on a lot of videos so marco thank you for sharing that on your facebook everybody go follow him on facebook and uh we will uh, we'll talk to you soon buddy all right thank you looking forward right, to bye -bye. it bye Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, RJ Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault.